Hello and welcome to Calibre Audio's Book of the Month. I'm Emma and I'm joined by Sarah. Hello. And Denise. Hello. So this month, um, as Calibre's Book of the Month, we are reading Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. And the reason we're reading it was it is published in 1952. So we decided that um, as in honour of the Queen's Jubilee this year, we would pick a book from the year that she, Queen Elizabeth II, ascended to the throne, um, which is why we've chosen this one. Now, just as the uh, sort of preamble of, of what it's about, for those of you that may not have uh, read it before, this is the unforgettable story of a girl called Fern who loves a little pig called Wilbur. It tells of how Charlotte A. Cavatica, a beautiful grey spider, saves Wilbur from the usual fate of nice fat pigs by a wonderfully clever plan. It's a plan so original that no one else could possibly have thought of it. So with the uh, Charlotte's Web, it actually starts in spring and it opens on Mr Arable's farm where the action starts straight away when Fern, Mr Arable's eight-year-old daughter, asks her mum, where is Papa going with that axe? Which, when finding out he's off to kill a pig that was a runt of the litter, she then dashes out and persuades her dad to spare the pig using the convincing argument of, the pig couldn't help being small. If I'd have been small at birth, would you have killed me? <laughs> so we're introduced to Wilbur the little pig who becomes a larger than life character and not just because of his size. Now, I've, I don't know about you two, I've not read Charlotte's Web before. Um, I'm not actually quite sure how it passed me by. It's the sort of children's book I would have read. And I have to say the first few pages completely drew me in. Um, I was just straight away, because I think because the action started um, immediately. And also, it, it, as I was going along, it surprised me because I'd always thought that, I don't know why, I'd always thought that the Charlotte of the story was the little girl. I didn't, I hadn't sort of put Charlotte's web together because I didn't know there was a spider in the story as well, who we'll meet later. Um, but it, from the very beginning, I was really keen to read on. And I just want it made me wonder whether either of you two had actually read it before. And if you had like or if you hadn't, whether the story pulled it, pulled you in straight away, really. Uh, shall I go first? I hadn't like you. I hadn't read it before. And I've read so many children's classics that I just thought, how, how on earth have I not read it before? Um, the first page did make me gasp a little bit when it immediately went into, you know, father with an axe about to kill a pig and I was sort of like oh gosh I hope this story is going to go in a happy direction because you always want kids books to go in a happy direction but it did I you know I kind of knew that it would work out all right because children's books often do and yeah it was fab loved it I haven't read it either I don't know why because we had the book at home um but my kids must have read it themselves um yes totally drawn in from the beginning but like Sarah, oh my gosh, what sort of book is this? And I think it very much paints a picture of the realities of life on a farm where the animals are killed for food. Um, so that, you know, goes right through it for sure. But on the other hand, there's a lot of fun and very tender scenes within it. Uh, but yeah, that was the first thing that leaps out at you. And and yeah, I mean, it starts with an axe. <laughs> Never it's actually a, a... the first line, isn't it? It's yeah. <laughs> you do a yeah. little gasp, like, oh no, where's this going to go? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you have to read on. And I guess 
some parents, you know, being a parent myself, do you just read that first page to your little ones and think, oh, I'm stopping here? I don't know if it would ever be off-putting to some people, maybe more so today than 50 years ago. Um, well, I think it's it's sort of worth the reading on, isn't it? Because it just becomes apparent um, from from on in the, the sort of story that it is. And as Denise says, because it's it's about the, the, it really is about the farm and life cycles, isn't it? Really, and and the the change you, you very much get. I don't know how you felt, but the I really got a picture of the change of the seasons on a farm because you go from spring through to winter, don't you? Throughout the story, um, and it made me just really appreciate that. I think in, in a way I hadn't really brought it. I think it brought it to life more. I mean, I know what happens on a farm, I know, but that reading it like that, um, it it was really expressive. And I, I don't know, just before we sort of get onto the characters, just, just keeping on that theme for a little bit, um, did you feel that you learned anything from the book? Because I sort of, I took quite a lot away from the book and I, I just wondered if it had the same impact on you guys. I think not so much the the life cycle of the farm, uh, the the spider bit was interesting. Obviously, it's a fiction book, but uh, he the author does describe, you know, the spinnerets and all all the 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 technical information about how Charlotte spins her web. So that was interesting, and not something you would normally read in a in a book. Yeah, I'm nodding along to Denise there because I thought there was so much detail about spiders and. Um, you know, the beautiful webs that they spin, which we can, you mentioned the seasons, Emma, how um, they're particularly apparent on a frosty morning or when it's been raining. Um, and I just thought for someone who doesn't like spiders like myself, um, just that amount of detail actually makes you appreciate some of their beauty. Um, I think yeah. it's an awful lot about spiders from this book in a really good way. I felt exactly the same, Sarah. I'm not. I'm someone who, when I spot a spider, I stand in a room and shout until someone comes to to get it. I mean, I won't. I won't have a spider killed. Someone has to come and get it and throw it out the window or the door. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. I'm. I. It has actually. Um, it did make me appreciate them a lot more. And um, I, I just. It's not the bit. It's the art of the, what they do as well. You know, the spinning of the web and everything, and and how um, she's and she's explaining to Wilbur, isn't she? Um, so actually, I suppose going back just just to we're introduced to Charlotte, aren't we, uh, where Wilbur is obviously saved by Fern and then he goes to live on Fern's aunt and uncle's farm. And there he meets a whole character of friends because he's essentially he's a little bit bored, Wilbur, isn't he? And he's looking for people to, to make um, his life a bit more interesting. And nobody seems to have the time to be his friend. And that's where we meet Charlotte, who is sitting up in the rafters of the barn. Um, and she, in a way, she herself educates Wilbur, doesn't she? So he at first, as I suppose, like many of us really, you know, might, might sort of find it a bit um, gruesome where spiders obviously trap their their prey in, in the webs and then eat them. But she explains, you know, the nature of it. So she says to Wilbur, you're lucky if somebody brings you your food and then you eat it and that's all you have to do. But if I don't do this, I don't survive. You know, I have to do this to, to survive. And it makes that very kind of real and natural doesn't it and, uh, and then and then we're introduced to um so from there on in we're introduced to a whole another lot of characters I, I was wondering did you sort of resonate with any of the the characters on the farm and or have any favorites my favorite was the baddie of the story I guess he <laughs> called him Templeton <laughs> and I don't know why but I imagined him as a kind of Al Pacino type character you know wearing a trilby 
um, perhaps a you know, <laughs> Mac and cigar or something. I mean, he's a rat, obviously, but I just loved him. I loved his kind of his out for himself, and but in a good way, if there can ever be a good way of being out for yourself. And just the way that author wrote his lines, um, and you can imagine that that's exactly how a rat would be, and he just jumped out of the pages. I just thought, actually, yes, you're not supposed to like him, but I kind of do. <laughs> Oh but my! He's, he's just living his life, isn't he? So that's it's not you know he, that's what he that's what you'd imagine he would do as a rat. So yeah, and he'll he'll help you if there's something in it for himself. You know, he's you offer him something in return, and he's there being your buddy. And I just I just loved the way that he was his character developed. Um, he was my absolute favourite. Well, my favourite is Wilbur because he's hilarious. He's neurotic. And who can blame him? You know, the axe is literally hanging over his head. Um, he's innocent. He's sweet. He does funny tricks. He does backflips. Um, when he's still with Faye, he accompanies her to the bus stop. He gets wheeled around in the doll's pram and he laps it all up. He absolutely loves him. And then he's quite happy until the day the old sheep lets out the fact that, well, what normally happens is he's going to get killed as well. He was saved from the axe once, but once they've fattened him up, that's his fate. And I just love the bit where he he just loses it. (laughs) (laughs) And he he shouts, stop, screamed Wilbur. I don't want to die. Save me, somebody save me. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, Charlotte sort of, pipes up and she says tells him to stop his crying and his histrionics but you can just imagine it because he just yeah he goes off on one whenever anything bad happens and it has to be calmed down <laughs> I think I mean I, I think I go with you really I think I think Wilbur's probably my favorite um but what I like about him is his he sort of absorbs everything like a sponge doesn't he so he wants to learn so he's he's a completely new um sort of a he's something he everything can be imprinted on him and that's what charlotte i think is is doing for him um and and what i think i like from it too is is the there's lots of great little sort of philosophical little um, mottos that you can live your life by and things like that which i really which really i don't know whether they would have resonated with me so much if I'd have been reading it when I was younger. So they, yeah. it's, I kind of took more from it now, really. And things like, because um, Charlotte says to Wilbur all the time, one, one of her mottos is never hurry, never worry. And I just thought, yeah, that's, you know, that we could all do with that, couldn't we? That's, that's kind of the, the, the way to live your life. Um, but what she also does, the, 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 the importance of words is massive in this story, isn't it? Because essentially the words, what Charlotte does... Um, once we're into the story and there's a, as, as Denise says, that literally the, the axe is hanging over um, Wilbur's head because he's been sort of fattened uh, to, to, for, for the Christmas period. Um, it, Charlotte saves him by producing what, what others, the, the human people sort of think is a miracle by spinning words in the web. And the first word is, I think, some pig, isn't it? And then it goes on to terrific and uh, is it radiant? Uh, one of the others. But it's, um, he basically... Charlotte is basically spinning these words into the web and it he what also she does is she teaches him new words doesn't she so we get really quite long quite for a kids book quite um 
long intricate words like is it gullible and versatile um and that you know and she's she explaining those to him so i just i just think that's a really lovely and it made me think actually what words i'd sort of use to describe my friends and, and you know family if i was sort of using that as well so um i don't know what you, you guys did you have any pick up on any of those as well I think not necessarily the words, but I think there's definitely the relationship between the two of them was very sweet. It was definitely the teacher and the pupil. I mean, Charlotte almost seemed, you know, really worldly and had lived life. And and like Denise said earlier, Wilbur was just so impressionable and excited to learn everything. I mean, Charlotte would impart her wisdom to him and Wilbur just would be there lapping it up tell me more you know I want to I want to learn all these words I want to learn what you do how you do it. I mean I love the bit where he tried to spin a web as she did and was jumping <laughs> jumping off the side with trying to get bits of string attached to him and I just thought it was such a cute relationship between the two of them um she really was his teacher yes and and I mean the final lesson is the inevitability of death which sounds very heavy and obviously it is but she does it in a way that children can understand and in a very gentle way and she prepares him for the fact that she won't be there for very long because she's a spider they don't live very long um and yes I suppose the message is that nothing lasts apart from memories and that you've got to look to the future. And that's quite a big message that she imparts to him as well. Yeah. Going on from that, Denise, so, um, you know, there's there's quite a few themes that you can see in the book. And I just wondered whether you felt, took a particular theme from it. There's the themes of innocence and, you know, potentially life or death. But do you, did you take a particular theme from it um, yourself? So because there's lots to, to interpret in it. Um, I think that the idea of uh, things are constantly changing, you know, time goes on, things change all the time, people come and go, animals come and go, the seasons come and go, life and death, that whole idea is is through it. I mean, yes, illustrated through the life of a farm where the changes are perhaps quicker than in other walks of life. Yeah, I think it was very clever the way I... I got from it the passing of time exactly that it felt like the seasons indicated the passing of time and because everything was heading towards Christmas it was all over the space of a year whether Wilbur would you know hopefully survive towards Christmas whether he'd get to Christmas and be okay it felt like a lifetime took place in in that space of a year so they were kind of showing the passing of time but in those 12 months it was very clever how it'd been condensed into like the passing of a year how they made, you know, we in the overall story is the seasons change, life goes on, we all get older, we all eventually die. But within the book, it was within that a short time frame of a year, you could see the changing of the seasons. They were all heading for Christmas. Wilbur was worried what would happen at the end of the year. Um, I just thought that was really cleverly done to to condense that into that time frame. I took I, I must admit I I took all of that um, and more really so I, it, it felt like a, a story just about ordinary people sort of doing ordinary things but it also essentially I, I kind of took the theme of friendship away from it and how important friendship was um, and how it you know it impacts our lives massively and, and literally friends have the capacity to save your life you know and it's um, I just thought that was a for me it, it, that that I really took that away from it. Um, 
But I suppose really, in, in theory, you know, we're obviously not the intended audience for this book. Um, it, it is a children's book, though I would I will say that, you know, I think you can read a children's book at any time and, and appreciate it. Um, so we have we're very lucky to have uh, a young reviewer called Chloe who has sent in a, a short review of the story of, of Charlotte's Web for us. So um, I'm going to hand you over to Chloe to let her tell you what she thinks. Hello, I'm 13 years old and I read the book Charlotte's Web. The novel tells the story of a livestock pig named Wilbur and his friendship with a barn spider named Charlotte. When Wilbur is in danger of being killed by the farmer at Christmas time, for obviously Christmas dinner, Charlotte writes messages such as some pig in her web in order to persuade the farmer to let him live. He was sold to the farmer when he got too big that Fern, who was the original breed's daughter by the way, wasn't able to look after him anymore. I love this book, but I think it was a little bit young for me. I would say it's aimed for an audience around 10 to 11, although there are some words, for example, perspiration and idiosyncrasy, that some younger readers might not understand. But overall, it was a great book. Some parts were quite sad, like when they were explaining to Wilbur that they were only feeding him so he would be good enough for them to slaughter. That was quite sad. But spoiler alert, he doesn't actually die. I would definitely recommend this book to anyone who is interested in this sort of novel. It was great. Oh, so thank you very much for that great review, Chloe. Um, that's fantastic. And it's great to have a reviewer from a, a, a young person um, for who the book is actually intended for as well. Um, so what just I just thought might, might be good is to have uh, a, give you a little bit of background on uh, E.B. White, who wrote the book as well. So um, E.B. White, or to give him his full name, Elwyn Brooks White, was born in New York and he was taken to the country for um, by his parents for holidays. And he went to Maine uh, in America for his holidays. And that was where he found his love of nature. At the age of nine, he won his first literary prize with his poem about a mouse. Words and reading were encouraged massively in the White household and inspired Elwyn's career as he began his literary life by getting a part-time job at the New Yorker magazine. He eventually moved to Maine, living on a farm, and the idea of Charlotte's Web came to him when he was carrying a pail of slops to his pig. He needed a way to save the pig's life and he saw a spider and that all came together for him in his mind and that's where the story began. Now, White called Charlotte's Web a peon to life. It's not about death, but about new life, um, which was his response to critics who said he was talking about death to children, something previously not done and pretty much frowned upon, really. He unwittingly actually then became a pioneer in writing honestly for children, which is really what I think, you know, Charlotte's Web definitely is, is about. Um, what I also hadn't realised was he wrote the book Stuart Little, which was the story about um, the mouse that was born to a family of humans. And that, again, it just makes perfect sense when you think about that story. Um, and I mean, I've, I've, I'm sort of only again, I haven't read that, but I'm I'm aware of it because of the film that was made. Um, so I know the background of it. But yeah, he's had you can you can really see, can't you, where his inspirations come from and, and how his sort of life is shaped to, to where he got to with his, his writing. So um, I don't know if there is if there anything that we haven't touched on that you guys want to talk about with it at all. Um, I think there was there was the bit about um, you know is it outdated now, and has it stood up to the test of time? And I, I don't think it is outdated. And I know I think you know it has stood up to the test of time. Uh, it's still enjoyable. 
and the comic scenes are entertaining the themes are universal and yeah i think you know children would still enjoy it yeah i would agree with that completely um i just think i mean that there are themes in there you know there's uh, we're very much today a, a society that thinks about what we eat there are you know vegans vegetarians um who you know i just think life on a farm it exists and i just think this is a great way of explaining that to your children um and i think it's it's just you know i've always wanted to live on a farm i think this has persuaded me that um i should go and do that exactly <laughs> i think it's really interesting that yeah um eb white was basically a townie and i think that's evident in the book i somebody was brought up on a farm it would be normal everyday life for them but for him he was inspired to write the book because of the sorts of his pig being slaughtered at the end of the feeding up stage um so yeah that 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 makes sense and Emma I'm intrigued to know I don't know if you know the answer to this um you said that he uh, came up with the story because he was trying to save a pig himself did do we know if he managed to save the pig Evie White? Yes. No, no, he came, um, he came up with the story um, because he was taking a pail of slops to his pigs and um, he was he was just thinking about pigs in general, I think, and that was, yeah, that, that was sort of it. It, it. He was then trying to think about how to save a pig's life. Um, oh, and right. Yeah, and then, then he came, he, he sort of spotted a spider and somehow the, the idea amalgamated in his, his head. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how it came about from there. Um, I, I think I'd agree as well with you guys about it not um, being outdated. I think the the themes and everything in the story, because everything I felt, everything was very much um, measured. So everything he said, that there wasn't any word in that story that wasn't there for a reason. It was all very well written and very methodical and measured. Um, and the only th the only slight thing I think, and I think you'll agree with me, um, that that maybe dates it is the evening before they're going to the fair, where Wilbur's being shown as this kind of miracle pig um, after the the writing's been in the that Charlotte's written in the web. Um, they're all dreaming about the fair at the next day, and the little girls are dreaming about. Um, the, she's dreaming about the fair um and you've got mrs zuckerman who is charlotte's aunt and she was dreaming about a deep freeze unit and i thought <laughs> well i'm not so sure <laughs> i'm not so sure we'd be that um that kind of worried about that today but again that's probably because we've got that convenience now haven't we we've never you know we, we've always got our fridges and things so we, we don't have to worry about that we've got other things to dream about but um i can see why that would have been a a, a sort of yeah a dream for her at that time but I think that was that was ever so slightly the only thing that dated it but not not took away from the story at all. Yeah. Also um, on the flip side of that Emma I loved the fact that it sort of harked back to a simple life the way yeah. the children sort of skipped out of the house and the school bus was outside and you know that might some of these concepts might be unfamiliar to us today because it's a modern crazy society where kids get driven to school and things aren't as simple you don't kind of go off to the fair in your wagons and things but I love that I love the fact that you can look back to the way we lived 50 years ago um and it was it seemed a much more happier calmer simpler kind of life I think that's great so yeah and it made you appreciate it didn't it? I think it made, made you appreciate that totally yeah, yeah.
Well, I think that just about wraps up our uh, book of the month this month, which was Charlotte's Web. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, next month, we're doing The Lamplighters by Emma Stonex, which was actually inspired by real events when some lighthouse keepers disappeared from a lighthouse. Um, so if you were uh, like the sound of that, then please tune in again next month. Um, but for now, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Denise. Bye. And goodbye from Sarah. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next month.